Welcome to the Lug Nuts Podcast Group. It's what the Bible says. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What the Bible Says. This is Season 2, Episode 3. My name is Aiden. On to my left, we've got... You're going to say... Don't say your name then. Kenny. Thank you. Hello, left everyone. Of Kenny, we got Nicholas. Hello. To my right, we got Josiah. Hello. And across from me, of course, is Pastor Steve. Hola. <laughs> Steve forgot how to speak English. <laughs> This is, this is the translated version. Muy bien, gracias. De nada. Un poco. We don't have translations. No, that's all I know, too. Two years of, two years of Spanish. I can sing uh, Jingle Bells and count to 100 in Spanish. So, therefore, at a math convention at Christmas, I'm your guy. Nice. Okay. I see an All in the Family skit based around Something that. Something yes. like that. It's called Cascabeles. Jingle bells, Casca bellies. There you go. Has anything to do with anything, but Ron Han will appreciate it. Because <laughs> we love Ron. Ron Han appreciates the, just all of our craziness. Yes, he does. He's one of the few. Him and Matthew. So, <laughs> Hey, uh, a couple of weeks ago we were with you guys. Actually, last episode we've been gone for a while. Actually, I've been the one that's been gone. I've been playing during the month of October. And uh, don't feel bad about it at all. It's been good to be away. and uh, But it's time to get back to work. So... I uh, came across a theology book on mankind and uh, anthropology study as far as the men, mankind, not men in particular, as far as men and women, but mankind. And we talked a lot uh, last time about being made in the image of God. You guys remember that passage, That's that, that talk we had, and the fact that we are truly image bearers of God. But before we start feeling our Wheaties, <laughs> going, oh, how special that I am, I've got this word irony. Who, who knows what the word irony means? Anybody? Anybody want to play here? What's something that's ironic? What does that mean? <clears throat> Do you ever the, like... It, 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 Steve, that word has more than three letters. <laughs> Irony. Go right ahead. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, like, you know when, like, the teacher calls on you to say something and you're like, yeah, you know, I got nothing for you. Got nothing, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Irony... Well, let me, let me give you an example of irony. The same Bible that tells us we have infinite worth also tells us we have lost God. <laughs> that's ironic. Yeah, that's the whole idea here. Because of what, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3 if you've got your Bibles and you're playing along at home. To take a look at Genesis 1 and 2 is uh, the creation. Uh, chapter 2 is really an extension of what happened on, on day 6. And things are going well. I don't know what the time frame is between chapter two and three. But I don't get it. I don't get the idea that there's very much time in there before Satan ends up showing up and things really go sideways quickly. So we're going to take uh, have you guys do some reading here. Genesis chapter three. Uh, Nick, you want to read verses one, two, and three for me? <clears throat> sure, Steve. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? 
The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, We must, you must not eat it or touch it, or you will die. All right, so just general observations. When you guys read that first, what do you see? What sticks out from uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3? Kenny? Uh, Satan is trying to tempt Eve to eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. Okay. And, and mine, yours says cunning, mine says crafty. What does that tell you about how Satan plays? Devious. Doesn't play fair, does he? Yeah, he doesn't play fair at at all. And what does he do as far as that first verse? You know, who is he really um, trying to get them to discredit as far as you know their belief? Because who told them what they ought to be doing in chapters one and two? God. God. Okay. And so that's where again he's trying to discredit them and saying, "Did God really say?" All right, and so that's the word doubt, and that's a whole nother podcast because that's something when you have as far as doubt is concerned. Well, when doubt ri- arises, what happens as far as your your um, your character is concerned? When you when you're doubt when you when you have doubts about something, what are some things that happen as far as your character is concerned? How do you respond emotionally when when you, when you have doubts? Usually to curl up into a little ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? When you, I, I, you know, there, there's a doubt about what's going on here. What other emotions does that? Anxious. Anxious. Depressed. Yeah. Depressed. You know, fearful. You know, whatever. And, and and a lot of times, even, you know, as far as your thought process is concerned, you're not quite sure. Uh, leads to uh, possibly, you know, second guessing yourself. And so you see that this, you know, the you know the serpent doesn't come out and say. Uh, don't do that or go do this. He's just trying to create doubt as far as that's concerned. And so then he says, well, did, get, did God really say? And then he takes it and he's quoting God. You must not eat. And then in verse 2, the woman responds. And how does the woman respond here? What, is her, what does she do in these verses? She repeats what God told her. But she kind of twists around a little bit and says, you must not touch it or you'll die. Okay. Mm, yeah, you remember that? And, and so again, you see that they're starting to get a little off balance, you know, a little off base as far as what God had actually said. And that's really what the devil wants. He really wants us to get off base. This is really, and again, this is another podcast about pride. Because basically the devil is saying what to, to Eve? You don't need who? God. You don't need God. You don't need God at all. Pride is not, I'm better than you. I mean, that is one definition, but pride is also what? I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you know you need some help? It's like yesterday. I'm trying to move my refrigerator, my freezer yesterday. Karen bought, you know, we bought a new freezer. And for a reason, I thought I could move it myself. <clears throat> it's empty, but I just thought maybe I could move it myself. And then it became pretty quickly apparent. That all I was going to do was put gouges in the hole, you know, in the walls and in the refrigerator. And that just wasn't. So I just needed some help in that situation. And so pride is, ah, I can do it. Now I might tear up the, <laughs> tear up the freezer, tear up the walls, but I got it in. You know? And so that's really what the devil's trying to do here is to get Eve to say, you know what? We don't really need God. All right, Aiden, you want to read verses 4 down through 7 for me, please? No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, 
knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. All right, and so again, Satan says, you're surely not going to die, for God knows, surely what God, God wants you to have the best, right? Mm -hmm. And so they go ahead and they eat. Now, the woman goes ahead, and she's the one who sees it, and you see in there, see, uh, as far as the fruit was, was, uh, was desirable and pleasing to the eye, but where was Adam in the whole thing here? What was he doing? What should Adam have been doing at this point? Trying to stop her? Yeah, he should have been stepping up. Has he not been given the federal headship as far as the woman is concerned? Yes. Who was created first? Man. Man. Man was created first. Where did Eve, where did woman come from? The dirt, the ground? From man. From man. Okay. And we're not saying that boys are better than girls here. Don't get don't call in on that one. As far as that. Call Ron if you want to if you want if you want to argue about that one. <laughs> About that one. We're not saying boys are better than girls, although Spanky's He-Man Woman Haters Club is not a bad club to be part of. <laughs> Sorry to all the women out there. Are you? Who probably aren't even listening. Who probably aren't even listening. So, but the point is, is that Adam is standing by just watching what's going on and allowing this to happen, even though he had been around as far as the instructions were concerned. All right. And so at the bottom then, it says in verse 7, they're now eyes are open, their eyes are naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. This is now where the first original sin comes into to play. Now, I'm not going to go through the rest of the text as far as because there is a curse upon the serpent, there's a curse upon the woman, there's a per- curse upon the man, but I want you to go to verse 21. And Josiah, you want to read verse 21 through to the end of the chapter. And that's kind of where we're going to go here as far as our topic today. Yeah. The Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. The Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out. Take from the tree of life, eat, and live forever. Yeah. So then, the, or so then the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove up the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. Okay, so now you go back to verse 21, and because they now recognize their nakedness, and this is whole where shame comes in, before, if you look back at Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt what? No shame. no shame. No shame at all. Now there's this shame. So 21, they said they've got to make garments of skin. Where does the, where do those garments come from? Were they just hanging on the rack at J.C. Penny? Goat. Yeah. They had to have an animal. So what do we have? I wrote down in my Bible, this is the first instance of what in the Bible? Murder. Murder? Yeah, death. Killing. Yeah, yeah, death. Yeah, death. Up until this point in time... There is no death at all. And so that's what you think of as far as, as we enter into well, the original sin. What's, what's the big deal? I mean, yeah, there's lots of big deals about it. But the point is, this is now where we get into what's called the depravity of man. And to be depraved uh, just talks about the fact that not every essence of our being is totally depraved all the time. Hmm. But we have the ability 
of any part of my body to go really wrong really quickly because of what happened here. And so this is what I just wrote down. I want you guys to react to this statement. The rejection of divine design and divine decree has led to sin, which results in death. What are we trying to do as a nation today as far as divine design and divine decree? Where are we going right now with that? You guys interact with that with me. Completely forgetting it. Okay, in what way? Tossing it to the side. In what way? As far as divine design. Well, see, you, where, see where we're going with this? And, you know, This whole depravity thing isn't like, well, this is some stupid theology class here that really has application to today. I think the thing that really comes to my mind is the whole gender transitioning, gender study, whatever you want to call right. that, you know, transgender, that movement, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, and the divine decree. What do you think as far as, you know, what, what, what's getting messed up here as far as um, the role of the husband and the role of the wife? What do you guys see as far as that is uh, concerned? What do we want to get to today? You know, we believe in what's called, in what's called a complementarian viewpoint as far as uh, man and women are concerned. For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two shall become what? One flesh. One flesh. They complement each other. The opposite of that is what's called an egalitarian. Egal, which means, uh, comes from the Latin, which means equal, is what everybody wants today, right? Mm. Okay, and that's why I say divine <clears throat> decree, because what are we trying to do as far as not only gender, as far as the design is concerned, but as far as the decree is concerned? What do you guys see in the world today? Well, I, I see a lot with... Um the U.S. women's national team for soccer, they want equal pay, uh, the same pay as, you know, the men's national team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I won't give reasons why I don't support that, but it's just the fact that they have to protest and do all that, and they bring up Title Nine and all that stuff. It's just women want to be on the same level as men. Okay, and is there anything wrong with women wanting to be on the same level as men? No. No, and we're not saying that, again, we're he-man, woman-haters here, but God's design is, and that's a whole nother podcast about just the role of men and women in society today because I do believe women have been victimized. Women have been, have been treated horribly down through, through the ages, but it's almost like sometimes you're in one ditch and you go from one ditch to the other ditch and you just you really go too far so when you we think about this chapter there's more than just an animal dying you know there's really this is god's divine design his divine decree and all of that now is going out the window because adam and eve did what they disobeyed god you know they ate exactly and, and they did what they shouldn't have have done so that rejection of that now leads to and this is another question is that why is there death? You ever have, you know, heard people ask you that question? Why do people die? You know, why is there sin? Why do bad things happen to good people? It's all because of what? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve sin. Right. You know, death entered into the world at that, at that, at that point in time. And so there's four different levels as far as death is concerned. And again, I'm trying not to sound too. Uh, Theologically, but I think this is just important we understand this, is that first off, because of death, there's what's called a judicial death. And that is legally 
Because of Adam's sin, we are now guilty before God. Can any of us ever come before God and say, uh, I'm innocent? What's the answer? No. No. Uh, no, not at all. So judicially speaking, we are all guilty as far as legally guilty is concerned. Spiritually, mm. what does the word death mean? You guys ever think about the word, what does the word death mean? How would you define death? Well, I, I think spiritually speaking, it's not so much, I, I think in contrast to the physical definition of death, with mm-hmm. that it's a fading away, you know, there is no, mm. nothing left. Mm-hmm. When it comes to spirit, or on the spiritual side of things, it's a complete lack of God at that point. Good. Because yeah. you don't ever cease to exist mm-hmm. spiritually. For the wages of my sin is what? Death. Death. You know, and that's what you're talking about. It's a separation from God. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because of the original sin, we are now legally and we are now legally guilty. We we can't come and say, you know, okay, you know, I I'm 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 one of the good guys here. I, I, I get a pass. We cannot say that. Spiritually, we are dead. We are now separated from God. Physically, why do people get sick? Because of what? The fall of man. Yeah, the fall of man. Yeah, originally, because why do, why do we get sick? Why do our bodies? That's a whole nother, again, I'm reading through this book. I'm really fascinated by some of the topics it's talking about, is that the, 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 the theology, now, now, don't laugh at me when I say this, a study about the theology of time. Do you ever think about time and the fact that God lives in an infinite world, we live in a finite world, and how we just take for granted the time that we have as far as that, in our physical bodies as far as that is concerned. So why do these things happen? Why do we die? Why do people get sick? It all goes back to this doctrine of depravity, the fact that original sin. And finally, eternally, and the fact that my sin... All sin initially offends who? God. God. All sin offends God. So because of Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden, we are judicially, spiritually, physically, and eternally dead. Thanks for the encouraging word, Pastor. I really appreciate that. But what are we trying to do today as far as the culture is concerned with that whole concept? Move it away. Yeah, we're, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, forget about. It. We're trying to move it away. You know, we're we're trying to do whatever we can to distance ourselves from the fact that we are finite beings. I can go ahead. I can race all the rules, all of the uh, all, all the parameters that have that, and that what happened as far as back in the garden is of of, uh, of uh, Eden is concerned has no bearing on my life at all. So now you get to the word depravity. So just I'm going to give you Jeremiah seventeen nine. Just uh, Aiden, Psalm 14, 2 through 3. Uh, Kenny, Ephesians 4, 2. Uh, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. And Nick, Isaiah 64, 6. Because the fact we're judicially, spiritually, physically, and eternally, we are now totally ruined by sin. And these verses all just talk about that. So, Josiah, you got Jeremiah 17, 9. Aiden, Psalm 14, 2 through 3. Kenny, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Isaiah 64 through 6. If you're listening to the podcast, by the way, don't turn it off and run away because it does have a happy ending. 
But why is it important we have this kind of discussion about sin? So that we don't blind ourselves to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that probably, I, don't, I doubt whether many people are going to turn back onto this one and listen to this again. But I think as far as a benchmark is concerned, to say, again, what you guys, because this is what the Bible says, right? That's what we're talking about there. And this is not an easy truth to work our way through, and, and we're not going to be this heavy every time. But I think it's important for us just to say, this is really an important type of, of, of concept or, or discussion to have. Okay, so Jeremiah. All right, Jeremiah, Josiah. <laughs> you want to read Jeremiah? <laughs> Jeremiah, you want to read Josiah seventeen nine for me? Okay. Okay. The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Yeah. Okay. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Okay. Totally ruined by sin. Aiden? Uh, Psalm 14, 2 through 3. There is, no, there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to mm. see if there is one who is wise. One who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Okay, pretty well says it all, doesn't it? Okay, Kenny, what you got? Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of, to the ruler of, of the power of the air, the spirit, now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were, and we were by nature children under the wrath, as the others were also. Okay, and Nick, bring us on home. Six four six, right? Isaiah sixty four six. Okay, good. Yeah. All of us have become like something unclean, and all our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us with wither like a leaf, and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. How many just feel good after listening to those four <laughs> sets of verses, huh? Now, again, what's the importance of painting that picture? To show just how terrible we really are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, there, we have such an inflated view of self. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we just walk around and take whips and flog ourselves. <laughs> But the only way you're ever going to, to get into a right relationship and grow in your grace with God is to understand basically what a worm you are and how holy God is and how really filthy. Yours says a polluted garment. You know, that's really, you know, without getting into the whole thing, you know what that, that's talking about? That's talking about a woman's menstrual rag is what that's talking about. That's where we're going with this. It's like, okay? And, and so... That's where we're at. Now, this is, uh, let's wrap it up here. Mankind is straining to shut its eyes to the reality of indwelling sin. We are dead in our sins and transgressions. That is the most loving, kind thing you and I can say to people. They don't want to hear it, do they? What do they want to hear? That they're perfect. They're perfect. What else? You're great. You're great, you know. You're fine the way you are. Right, you know. You're okay, you know. You do it your way, I'll do it my way. Again, this, this lesson has so many applications to where people are at today. It helps us to see how fallen we are. And what does it do? It drives us back to who? God. Yeah, it drives us back to God. It drives us back to the Lord, which is where we want to be. So that's the irony. I'll go back to my first statement. The same Bible that tells us we have infinite worth also tells us we have lost God. But if we don't tell people they're lost in their, in their transgressions and their sin, then why would they ever get saved? What do I need to get saved from? And there's no fear of God. So we are not hopeless. Man's greatest problem is sin. 
There is hope for sinful humanity in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's wrap it up. Yeah. Just go around the room. Any uh, thoughts or uh, comments after uh, today's uh, today's talk? Uh, somebody brighten up the room here real quick before everybody. <laughs> I think I I just find this to be very humbling. Mm -hmm. Like when you were saying the like the for the conclusion part, it was it's very humbling to know that like we are nothing, mm -hmm. and we're we're not going to be anything really without God. Yes. So it's just humbling and it's reassuring that we need God mm -hmm. in everything and we can't not need him. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it show you the power of God's grace though? Oh yes. Like, uh, where is it? You'll have to tell me where, where sin abounded grace was more. Romans chapter five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's just one of those things where like you look at like, cause I mean, the thing is you can look at all these verses we just read and you're just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. But thinking about it, I mean, we're terrible people. Oh, yeah. Like, we're so bad. Like, we're just, I mean, there's no other way around it. But like you said in Romans, it's so encouraging to read that even though we are terrible people, God's grace is more mm. than how terrible we are. And I guess that's the whole point of this podcast. It's not to discourage us and, and you know, call us out and say how worthless we are, how useless we are. But until you see your position, your true position before God, you're never going to get saved, and, and our friends are not going to get saved either. Mm -hmm. So, Josiah, Aiden, any final comments? Got nothing? Nope. Got nothing. <clears throat> I know. So, all right. Well, hey, that was. Uh, we'll, we'll have to lighten it up next time. I don't know. What, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll come up with something a little lighter. First two ones, <laughs> season season two, were like, oh, the depravity of man, image of God. You know, what does the Bible say about Dairy Queen? Maybe we need to do something like that <laughs> next time. I'll come up with something a little lighter. I think I, I think I did an episode on that. What's that? I think we did an episode on that. On Dairy Queen? Yeah. Did the gluttony really? one. Oh, the gluttony <laughs> one. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll come up with something. Maybe like, whatever happened to clowns? Clowns used to be nice people. Be a good Halloween topic. Yeah. Okay. What, what clowns, happened to clowns? Whatever happened to clowns? They you really know? went downhill. They, they used to be so nice, and anymore they're like, they're like, really, really so... Hey, uh, for Josiah Aiden, Kenny Nick, this is Pastor Steve. Don't forget, Jesus loves you, and so, so do we. we. So do we. Talk to you later. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, you should go check out the rest of our episodes on our website at ccflugnutspodcast.com. You can also listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Thanks for listening, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.